Victor, it's you. Victor, it's you. Hold on. Victor, there's something wrong with your sound, your mic, because when I mute you, the noise goes away. I'll unmute you. Say something. Yeah. Sorry about this. We're just having a last minute technical issue. That's uh, but we will get through it. Victor, are you ready, Victor? You're muted, Victor. We still can't hear you, Victor. No. No, try this again. Mic. Okay. Victor? Yeah. Okay, now we can hear you. Do you want to take over the controls? Okay. Yes, good, good, good. Yes. I'm sorry, guys, for the mix-up of technical issues. Yes. Welcome to, um, welcome to Podcasters Unleashed. And today is going to be tea. It says statistics is one thing, and we are having something else to discuss right now, which is affecting, let me say, nine out of ten, to be bold, I'll say nine out of ten in this whole world. Today, we'll be discussing about why we self-sabotage, and as you know, six podcasters from around the world, we have, we share our story, we share different perspectives on things, and we have, um, from the north of England, we have Carla. Hey, Carla, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Victor. Um, I'm Carla, and I'm the host of the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast, which is for parents and teachers of kids between the ages of 5 and 14, and it's all about well-being and education. Great, great, great. And down to the way, all the way to Florida, Miami, we have Nelson. Hello, Nelson. Hi, I'm Nelson, Nelson J. Zambrano. I am the host of Investing in America, where we talk about investing in the United States, the life cycle of the real estate investment. And I also have very interesting entrepreneurs on as well. Thank you. Back to you, Victor. Yeah, thank you, Nelson. And we have Matilda from the far side of the world in Yerevan. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Matilda, host of Coffee with Matilda, a journey to style. <laughs> and Yerevan is on fire today. <laughs> maybe uh, <laughs> maybe revolution is happening. I don't know. I'm part of this history, I guess. <laughs> okay, great. And let's come let's, let's come all the way to Europe now. Hello, uh, Hala. You're from Paris. How are you? I'm doing great. So my name is Hala, and I'm the host of the podcast Women Stories, where I share real stories from expat women in Paris. Um, and yeah, Paris now has come. Hope won't be a second lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Mr. Simon Rushdale from London. How are you, Simon? I am okay um, today. Thank you, Victor. Yes, I'm Simon, host of Taxi Chronicles and also Africa Investor Stories. If you so happen to get in my taxi, you will get an uh, opportunity to have an interview and tell your story to the world or share your gift. If you invest in Africa and I find out about it, I will give you opportunity to share your experience, what it's like investing in Africa as a foreigner. Uh, over to you, Victor. Okay, great, great, great. And I, your host, um, Victor, so the host of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast, where I help and support, encourage Africans and Caribbeans who are in the diaspora to like live a more fulfilling life. Yeah, and um, straight on to the show now. Today we are talking about self-sabotage and the whole nine yards, how we how we self-sabotage ourselves. So, Matilda, what is self-sabotage? Yes, I think self-sabotage is a very important topic. I never met any human being that hasn't struggled with this uh, consciously or unconsciously. Well, self-sabotage is when we actively or passively take steps to prevent ourselves from reaching our goals there are many reasons why someone may choose to self-sabotage, but many comes back to their belief and their self-esteem. Behaviorists said self you self-sabotage when um, you create problems, when 
you create problems in your daily life and it interferes with your long-lasting goals. The common self-sabotaging behaviors are, for example, procrastination. I'm a very big procrastinator. Some people self-medicate themselves with drug, alcohol, or even comfort eating. I do that. And uh, some forms of like self-injury as well. I want to mention, uh, maybe most of us can relate to it, in relationships, self-sabotage is when you actively trying to ruin your own relationship or you make it fall apart. I can talk about it later on more in details. And yeah, we'll, um, go, we'll go into it later on because I don't think it's actively, actively do it. I think it's more, it's more subtle. See, her, um, Carla, why do we, she, because Matilda mentioned the first thing she mentioned about um, self-sabotage and pro procrastination. Why do we procrastinate? We leave the most important things to do, why? Well, there's so many reasons, Victor, there, and the number of reasons is huge. And Matilda touched a little bit on some of them. She touched on the bigger picture, but some of the ways that we can do this, um, as she said, is conscious and subconscious. Um, and we can we do it because we don't want to do a task. That's, that's it in the beginning. It's because there's something that we've got to do that is not pleasant, it's not fun, and we don't want to do it. And so we come up with ways to stop ourselves or distract ourselves away from doing it. But the reasons why we do that is the way we go into the details, but we'll leave that for later on. But it's just basically mm -hmm. things to be done and we don't want to do them. So why do we why do we set goals for ourselves? And at the end of the day, we don't want to like achieve that goal. You want you want to achieve something great, you want to achieve something real grandiose. Maybe you want to lose weight, have a great relationship. So why do we just don't want to do that? Can you just shine on that, Nelson? You know, the thing is, is um, there's some there's something that we want to achieve, which looks nice, but then to get there is something else, and we can overcomplicate it, we can overbreak it down, uh, and then you have a, a couple of big monsters there. You have the fear of failure. You have also in that you have the fear of embarrassment. What if I fail? What will people say? And um, you know they'll laugh at me. Nobody wants to be ridiculed in public. Um, and then the other thing is is once if a person or if and when a person gets to that point, they're a new person, which means they gotta set up a whole new social circle. So those people that they used to let's say with the person that says I want to lose weight. They're not hanging around anymore with the other people that they were overweight with. You know, you see what I mean? So it, it's scary. You know, they're, they're going to a new place. You know, so so you've you've got all that. So um, those are the things that they're they're invisible, but they're like tentacles uh, from a, a octopus that hold us back. It's fear. It's 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 fear. It's a combination of different fears all wrapped up into one big fear. So where does where does fear come from? Um, Simon, I know you have a military background, but where do you know, where, where does this fear come from? As in, have you been ridiculed before or failing? I think you're muted, Simon. They say fear is false reality appearing real. Um, uh, to quote um, The Rock in Pain and Gain, no pain, no gain, no movie. But on a serious note, it's, it's, you're not, you imagine in your mind of what the worst case scenario could be, even before you attempt it. And rather than attempting it and coming up against a wall or an issue or whatever, and trying to address that and then just not having and removing this fear. And it's basically stepping outside of your comfort zone. Um, we're all comfortable in what we do, our daily routines, even the way we um, the way we get out of bed. We usually get out of bed in the same fashion, if you don't realise, in the morning and from brushing your teeth to a babe and to everything. And there's a comfort in that. You know where you're going to be, you know where your children are going to be, your partner's going to be, you know what you expect at work your workplace and now if you have to change um you have to change your routine to lose weight 
to um, get a new job, for instance, prime example, if you're the breadwinner and you have to get a new job, and um, there's a fear, you know, what, if things don't work out, even if they do offer me more money, I'm in a past the probation period, uh, rather than just going for it and addressing that um, thing at that time. But there's other times where we don't really have fear, um, um, because certain things may um, help you. Like if you take alcohol. At what, time, at, what time, at what time you don't have this fear? At what time you don't have this fear? All right, I say, I, I, because you can numb the fear. So I'll give you an example. If you're in a club, there's certain people, when I was in the military, they have to get some drinks in them because they numb the element that this this woman that they're going to talk to may reject them. And they just suddenly feel very confident and they just go all out there um, because the alcohol suppressed those inner fears. It's a prime example. Um, but there's other things yeah, where we can overcome fear. Yeah, Matilda, you're raising your hands. You have something to say. You always um, have something to say. Yes. I wanted to maybe it will resonate for some listeners as well. I'm not sure. But, uh, for example, for dieting, I have this problem and I want to share it. How I self-sabotage myself. <clears throat> Sometimes, lots of times you know, you know the steps. I know I went and I'm, I'm going to gym. I know I should uh, set back a little bit from the carbs and then I will lose weight. But why I don't do that? And it's been months I'm nagging about, oh, I wanna lose weight. It's not rocket science, but why I'm not doing it? And at the moment that cake looks so good for me, I'm like, I lose everything. But if you look at deep down, what's the problem? It's my self-discipline. I don't like to self-discipline myself. And if you go a little bit deeper than, a layer deeper than that, you realize why Matilda doesn't like self-discipline. Then maybe it's a childhood trauma. Everything, all the self-sabotage roots are from your childhood. Something has happened that I refuse to discipline myself in a way. Uh, I'm sure this problem shows up in different areas in my life as well. But it's interesting to understand when we talk about self-sabotage, we need to realize how we act our daily life. Is self-indulgement more important than self-discipline? And where is self-love? Self-love is self-discipline. When I'm looking at the pizza, I have to look at it. Hey, Matilda, if you want to lose weight, this pizza is bad for you. But at that moment, everything goes out and I just enjoy the pizza. So for short term, I satisfy myself. But long term, I mean, uh, you know, it's been months I'm saying, oh, I want to lose weight. But really, if I look at it, maybe there is something in my subconscious. By not doing it, I'm satisfying it. So I think uh, the root of even procrastination, there is a satisfaction there. We need to look at it in your inner self to understand that. Okay, great. We'll get, we'll get to that, but let me come to Hala because she has been like nodding her head. Hala, how do you, how do you self-sabotage? Because we all do. Of course we all do. And just uh, hear Matilda what she's saying. And I was thinking like, we are our worst enemy. So, like, if you think about, like, a valuable, like, object you have, you are going to treat it gently, admire it, and put it in a, in a nice way. So, and you won't mistreat it. So, the same way that, why we mistreat ourselves? We need also to love ourselves like we love the, our valuable objects, right? And also, with all the negative talks that we do in ourselves, thinking, I, I, I can't do this, I'm terrible at this, uh, I will never get this. We are like sort of bullying uh, our our uh, our life, and it and it really does take time to 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 shift our mind and really to train our mind to replace this pessimistic affirmations with with the positive ones. And it does take training from professional and training from 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 people that they have done it. So. Uh, um, we self sabotage a lot because we uh, to value ourselves more, but we also need to know the steps to value ourselves. Yeah, great, great. So, um, yeah, before 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 we go for any further, I would like to just put this out for the audience. Um, hi, Ruth. 
see if you just share with us one thing how you self sabotage on what you're currently working on if you have a big goal this year what how do you self sabotage you can join the conversation and um yeah let's take it from there so simon matilda and hala mentioned self-discipline i'm still going to come from the military background so now self-discipline how does self-discipline help us from self-sabotaging it's it's interesting because they say as um as an adult you only learn through pain and suffering um and you spoke about ridiculing earlier um the average age in the military is 15 and three quarters to 25 and there's a lot of ridicule ridiculing that goes on there and for whatever be the reasons whether you call it um character building or what have you and I think there's elements of self-discipline, which Matilda was speaking about, but there's also um, encouragement and persuasion from other people. It's like if someone's putting out your fat all the time, then you're going to want to do something about it. Nowadays in civilian world, if you, if you spray out someone's fat, they say, oh, leave them alone. It's not their fault. But if you watch the person, they're eating all the pies and donuts. So it is their fault, you know, in that respect. But if you have that self-discipline and, and um, there's back pain and suffering, you wanna, um, you'd wanna do better. And I've, for instance, in my own experience, I've um, been criti criticized for a number of different things in life, especially from the military, just not performing in the sense of fitness. And um, it makes you wanna go for runs early, earlier morning before you go for your main run. To get into shape to do what you need to do and there's that also it's that pride you, you don't want people to take the myth but you also want to be able to hold your head high and um, do what you're meant to do and I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that yeah tell people where they're going wrong don't beat about the bush and if they want to the corner, you leave them and to also, it and also when you want to upload your podcast you start watching on um netflix you know those guys from the you know <laughs> yeah no, that's but that's a prime example victor i was like yeah. what this for the audience what victor's getting at is i was watching <laughs> surviving Pablo escobar <laughs> there's like 60 episodes and i said i'm gonna binge watch this and uh, i forgot about the rest of the world you know and all of that and then i had to self-discipline and say you know what you're only going to get an hour and that's if you've done everything you've done that day and then by that time, after a week, I actually forgot about the show because <laughs> I was too busy trying to get stuff done. So that's no, but that's a prime example. Thanks for reminding me, Victor. Um, that's why it's, yeah. it's good to confess to your inner family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you know, it's like a little brother or bigger brother in Victor's case. They pull it out in front of everybody. Remember when you did this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, that's, um, that's a prime example. Yeah, Nancy, you were you were raising your hands up um, the other time where Hala was speaking. Yeah, how do you self sabotage? Well, you know, I was raising my hands about a, a different question about uh, uh, about what Matilda was talking about. So I can answer that or or how uh, I have self sabotaged in the past. So I'll, I'll yeah, just share just, just share one. How do you how do you self sabotage something great? Oh my goodness! Um, for me, the big thing is uh, something that we haven't talked about: is the imposter syndrome, uh, where a person says, "You know, I'm not really good enough," or "I was lucky," um, and "Wow, there's no way I can do that again." Um, and if uh, I really listen to, or if we really listen to how people talk, people are always saying that over and over again. Uh, even people that have done amazing things, they'll say, oh, "I'll never be that lucky again." Um, and there's a certain amount of luck, but there's a certain amount of what they could do. And, um, for me, I mean, I'll give you, a, an example of, uh, imposter syndrome, uh, two, um, I had done one, two, three deals, three real estate deals, and I was working on making that third one. I was going to like, you know, really ramp it up for what I was doing before. And I remember thinking to myself, I, I was lucky. 
I was lucky and I wouldn't sell it. I wouldn't take any equity out of it. I mean, I wouldn't reward myself because I, I was just lucky. Uh, I'm not really good enough. Uh, I would go buy a really nice car dealership. I wanted to buy this one car. No, 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 no. I'm not really good enough. Uh, that's not really for me. Um, opportunities would be offered. Oh, no, no, that's not really for me. I'm not good enough. People would be like, dude, do this deal. We're giving it to you. We're, it's here. Okay. Um, so that would be imposter syndrome where you just say to yourself, you're not good. Enough. I am not good enough. Or I was lucky and I won't be that lucky again. Or I don't deserve it. Um, and that that's just a real estate example that would happen in relationships across the board, um, you know. So um, that is, for me, an example of that imposter syndrome, you know. Hey, I'm not really good enough or I was lucky. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, see, let me come to you, Carla. Have you felt, have you felt this imposter syndrome, you're not good enough syndrome in any way? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Um, and you know what? Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you've got work to do before you'll be good enough. So that's important. Um, and if you procrastinate or you put things off all the time, you will never get good enough. So you need to get your, that message in your head um, to get over imposter syndrome. Sometimes you've got to put the work in. So there's a there's a kind of a balance there um, that you have to strike. Um, but I want to go back to something Matilda was talking about earlier and something that I've seen in the chat about um, trauma and this is something really important um, if you if you are talking about self-sabotage and you're talking about things like procrastination which is a big element of self-sabotage you really need to take some time to analyze yourself and to look at whether or not it's a long-term a short-term or a chronic issue with procrastination and self-sabotage and why I'm saying that is because there are some there are some things that can cause chronic or long-term self-sabotage and things like procrastination are a big issue. And childhood trauma has a lot to do with it. If you are someone who self-sabotages on a regular basis with serious things like addictions or uh, just not meeting goals on a regular basis and feeling like you're underachieving or this imposter syndrome is becoming a big issue in your life that you're never good enough for anything then it could be down to things like depression it could also be down to things like anxiety and it could be down to some to um, attention deficit disorders um, and, and these are three of the main areas that people need to look out for and they're much more common than people think they are um, so if it's just you're a student and you're used to getting your own way and you're a bit pampered in life and you just can't be bothered to do your hard assignments, then it's probably procrastination. Um, and if eventually you get over it and you meet the deadline and you get the work done, then that's it. It's, it's a simple thing. But if it's something that's been going on for years and years and it's a cycle of self-sabotage and um, ruining your own life by getting yourself in certain situations, it could be down to something like um, ADHD, which in, in many adults is undiagnosed. And also it could be down to undiagnosed anxiety or depression as well, or mood disorders like um, bipolar disorder and OCD. Some of those are some of the more serious causes of self-sabotage um, and procrastination and also imposter syndrome. But you, And if you really want to crack those things, you have to rule out and make sure that those are not causing it. And they all have their roots in childhood. And what Matilda was saying was about childhood trauma. And so those things have to be addressed if you really want to get over some of those bigger hurdles to self-sabotage and procrastination. Hmm. Yeah, Matilda, what, what do you have to say? Um, also, I wanna, uh, yes, I agree with Carla. And also I want to mention something that a lot of people don't talk about it. And actually we are always admiring people that they are overachievers. They all, uh, there are some people that they put 120 in everything they do. And I always admire them. I'm like, oh my God, so fascinating. But when I was doing the research, I realized lots of people that they go to therapy is these overachievers because they put a lot of pressure on everything they do and they have a lot of anxiety. Their emotions are always ups, ups and down. They have mood swings. And people who are living with them, they are sacrificing a lot because they have to give the overachiever a lot of room to perform and i it's interesting to know that even overachievers are 
kind of a sabotage, self-sabotage as well. So I'll, I guess if you find the balance will be beautiful in your life. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have, I think we have a comment from Sash. Um, Nelson, can you please um, read the comments for us, please? Sure. From Serge, Sasha Serge Bakarian. Perhaps a lack of self-discipline is related to the fact that you refuse to be an adult. It is an influence <laughs> of our consumerist society. Who needs adult children victim about their emotion? This is the base of marketing emotions, not rationality. Okay. Hmm. That's from that's Sasha. A strong, that's, that's, a strong, that's a strong one. Yeah. Um, during the discussion, we... we um, I don't know if it was you, um, Hala, you spoke about um, valuing yourself. So why do we yeah. why do we undervalue ourselves and sabotage and just let good things go away? Why do we undervalue ourselves? Yeah. I just want to stress what um, Carlos was talking about, about childhood trauma. And I do think, I don't know if you guys are, are, are agreeing with me, but I do think it's it's often we inherited this uh, undervaluing ourselves from our parents, actually. Because if you think about it, uh, no child was born with, with low self-esteem or they are undervaluing themselves. I mean, it's, it's all this self-critical thoughts pattern um, that comes from these external resources and comes from inputs from others. Um, and it, it does begins from childhood and with the, all the, the mainstream media and friends and sibling and the environment that affects this, uh, this child and how this child is looking at himself and how he's valuing himself. And I, 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 I'm talking about it because I, I, I had the experience. I was, um, when I was young, I was really very creative. I'm imagining myself and I, wanted, I really wanted to have a bright future, but I did didn't have this support system or someone like, yeah, you can do that. You are worthy of it. I always heard that, no, you won't reach that if you reach that. So I will put one million if you reach that. So, I mean, this kind of, 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 of um, destructive, destructive words that you tell to that child, it will, it, will, it will stay in their heads until they are grown-ups. And it's very, very hard to break down this, this critical patterns and if you see like the, uh, the, the, the parents who are um, uh, ambitious or the rich kids or why they are self-valuing um, themselves, it's because their parents, they say, I believe you can do it and you can do it. And they have this positive affirmations, daily positive affirmation when they are children. So it's very, um, it's, it's, it's also it's a responsibility from parents and it also begins from childhood. But just to jump in there, um, Howla, when people, there's actually a paper done on that uh, in America, Harvard, by some professor, I can't remember his name. And what he actually, he actually formulated a scheme because what this scheme was about, it was taking poorer, uh, poorer children whose parents may have been criminals or just run-of-the-mill blue-collar jobs and giving them incentive through pay to um, achieve good grades. Because the richer kids had this idea, um, had their parents who were bankers or politicians mm. or whatever. So when you look at your parent, your parent has no cap, there's no limit. They can automatically, so you, there's a natural way of looking at that your parent and saying, well, Surely, of course, I'm going to be president. Daddy was, and so was granddad, and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> that kind of thinking, where the other kid is thinking, yeah, of course I'm going to be a drug dealer. My uncle was, my brother is, my cousin is, my dad is, my granddad was. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> because no, but that's how it is. If you, if you come from a certain environment, that thing, thing. Now, you do get some people um, who will say, even if you tell them they're not going to do that good. Mm -hmm. I remember I met a guy who was an engineer, and he said when he was in school, as a black child, um, the white kid was saying, oh, no, you're dumb. You're not going to be able to do it. And he said, yeah, watch this. So every time, it was always a challenge. He just took it as a challenge. You're not telling me. And a classic example of that is Neil deGrasse Tyson. 
he came up to barriers. If you hear his story, um, the professor guy, a scientist, he came, <laughs> said, he came up with um, stories. Uh, he tells a story um, when he's running, how some guy said, oh, you can't run that fast because mm. black people don't such and such. And no, that's to his dad. And his dad said, no one's telling me I can't run. And he became the top runner for the country or second runner for the top country of his time just to prove the man mung. So it is also part of you, how you will take things on, but there is a big influence from the outside, I'm saying. Yeah, so what, I would say, yeah what I would say, what, what I would add to that, Simon, is that there's this book um, by Malcolm Gladwell, The Outliers. So there are two type of the two there are two type of parents where uh, two type of parents that were used in this case study whereby kids of kids of the upper middle class and above they their parents kind of they expect doctors lawyers policemen to answer to their kids why the kids on the lower end I don't know how to put it but the kids on the lower end kind of their parents just allow them. Oh, when you talk to you talk to your doctor with respect, talk to this with respect, talk to that with so there's so much, there's so much underlying belief. Because since we were born up to as we're speaking now, we are collecting information which is affecting the way we are right now. So on a subconscious level. So Martin, I know you mentioned subconscious some time ago during the show. So what I want to ask you is that. How does um, how does underlying beliefs? How does hey, the subconscious? Well, right. Yeah, One second uh, before Matilda, you get to that. Let me read a comment here from Sasha Serge Bakarian. Carla gave an excellent explanation about the lack of self-esteem due to childhood experiences. So, and uh, Ida Garibian, Caribbean. Thank you, Matilda, for sharing that. There you go. Yeah, great. So, Matilda, underlying beliefs are subconscious. How does this affect us when we want to like move forward to achieve our goals? Well, um, I mean, as I said before, and I think a lot of people, a lot of scientists, sort of psychoanalysts believe that uh, our subconscious mind controls, dictates, 80, more than 80%, some say even 95% of our daily life. So it's very important how we perceive ourselves. A lot of times we don't even know how we see ourselves. Maybe the fact that I'm telling you I cannot be on a diet, maybe subconsciously I have a different vision of myself. Maybe it's a chubby girl. Now I'm putting myself, oh, I have to lose weight. I don't know. I have to go deep and understand why I'm sabotaging myself, how I see myself that I'm doing this unnecessary actions, for example. But it's very, uh, one thing that I wanted to mention, and I think it can be um, helpful for the listeners as well. Even if there are a lot of parents, we've seen this, for example, uh, families of doctors, they always enforce their children to be a doctor. They put them in the top schools, they give them a lot of good education and money, and maybe this child doesn't want to be a doctor. It's like if I am, and we can, uh, we can explain how people look at other people as well. For example, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a monkey and I can jump in a tree very well, but I'm looking at a fish and I'm saying, oh my God, I wish I could swim like that. So maybe your child is a, a monkey and he can jump in a tree. Why you want your child to swim? So it's important to understand what is your child good at? What is the talent, what they wanna do? If you're forcing them, okay, you give them a lot of money, a lot of education, and you're taking them in a the wrong path, you're against with his or her soul. And that's another conflict that kind of come out. How many doctors and scientists we have that they are on de in depression? They've done things for their parents. They've done things because society dictate them. So it's important to understand who you are who you are in deep down, what is your qualities, what do you good at? Because what you're good at might not be the other person. So why you compare yourself with other people either, you know? I think it comes yeah. down to self-discovery and self-love. Yeah. 
Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned you mentioned something very interesting. Now, Carla, you've been working with kids. How do you see the fish and the monkey analogy by by Matilda now? Do you think absolutely. some kids are fish? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've seen this for years and years. And you know what? There's a really famous uh, photograph that we well, it's not a photograph actually. It's a drawing, and we circulate it around in education. It's exactly what she's talking about. It's it's a lineup of draw of drawn creatures, fish, elephant, all of this, and it says, um, "All of you are going to climb that tree." Um, and the only one, obviously, that's got the skills or the the makeup uh, designed to climb the tree is the monkey. So all the rest are going to fail. Um, and I've seen this time and time again as parents setting their children up for failure. But this is a societal problem because actually most people in society, adults, are set up for self failure and self sabotage by going into careers or having lives that don't really match with what they want long-term or what they're good at, you know? So we have people making choices all the time that don't align with who they truly are. And that is the biggest way to self-sabotage because you are going to fail. And even if you succeed by society's standards and you get all the awards and you're at the top of your game, inside you're not going to be happy. And inside you're not going to be fulfilled and if you're not fulfilled that is self-sabotage because you're not living the life that you were meant to live and i think destiny is it's something that people don't really like to talk about because it's in the realm of spirituality and that's also something that people don't want to um, talk about because everything now is scientific and everything's factual and it needs to be proven and it needs to be measured and what doesn't get measured doesn't get achieved and all these kind of buzz phrases that sound amazing but actually destiny and where you're meant to be and what you're meant to be doing has a lot to do with it. And if you're not where you're meant to be, you're always going to self-sabotage. You're always going to procrastinate. And you're going to, sometimes it can go to self-destruction. Uh, we see that with lots of people. That's a big issue in society. So I see it with children, but actually more critically, I see it with the adults who are raising children. And that's much more of, a, of an issue um, than just with children themselves. Okay. Yeah. So, guys, um, if you if you're still part of the audience, I would still want you to like um, just engage with us. Tell us the one thing that you've used to uh, the one your one self your one self sabotage um, tactics. Do you Netflix? Do you how? Do you push things back? Do you procrastinate? Do you undervalue yourself? So, just on the chat box, just like tell us one thing. Now. Does 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 your environment support self sabotage? Does your environment support self sabotage? Um, good good question. And uh, I, I got to admit, I was biting my lip, my biting my tongue when Carla was talking about destiny. So I'm I'm always getting really scared when people talk about destiny, right? Because I'm sure there's someone uh, else out there saying the destiny is for me to be at the top of the food chain, and your destiny is to be at the bottom of the food chain. So I always I always get kind of like mm, you know about that whole destiny thing. Um, uh, I mean, those girls make great music, Destiny's Child, but that, that's about as far as I want to take Destiny. You're um, showing your age there, Nelson. Say again? I think you're showing your age there. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 also, I, I, I like listening to, to music that was before my time. You know, I'm, I'm kind of Whoa. a Renaissance guy myself. You know. That's really smooth, man. <laughs> that? You know, see, that's why I still call you guys part of the British Empire. That I wasn't even, you know, but I still consider you see what that boy, I'm just hitting hard that one. So, um, so that means you're in the empire, remember that huh? we, had, we had you first, right? Had the, the key word is had, yeah, I'm had. Saying, you wouldn't be had. what you were without us, remember I'm, that. Hey. I'm drinking coffee, you guys are drinking tea. So we'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but but since I got, but since, but since, <laughs> look, Victor just got it. And since I got so many friends from Jamaica, I'll also have some ginger too. Okay, for you guys. So, any case, kind of going back to the sabotage one, right? So, all right, this is really good because this kind of goes back to what Matilda was talking about about um, about the weight gain, right? Uh, about trying to lose weight. So, to me, my environment can help me or it can destroy me. There is no in-between, right? So um, actually, that's one of my goals for this year um, is to create an environment, is to make an environment that creates joy, that supports my what I want to do. And there's even a program with Marie Kondo that I'm doing. Um, so 
I looked, I mean, I spend a lot of time on this focus time on creating and making an environment that limits th the number of ways and times that I can self-sabotage. So for example, you know, people talk about, I don't have enough discipline. I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough of that. I would venture to say in some cases myself, I don't, I haven't created an environment that reinforces whatever I'm going to do. So for example, Matilda's example, right? She wants to, you know, lose weight. Well, that's the first thing right there, right? Who wants to lose? We don't, we're not built to lose. We're built to win, right? So I never want to lose weight. I want to gain fitness. That's what I say to myself. So when the pizza's there, it's easy to say no. Why? Because I'm trying to gain fitness. Um, and that's just an example of that, of the environment, right? The language I got to use myself. The second thing is I know that if I'm after a certain time, I'm going to get munchies, right? It's the munchies, right? I'm going to want to eat late. So I have to either go to sleep earlier or eat something or drink water so that the temptation isn't there. And I got to admit, at the end of the day, self-discipline, right? I got to be more disciplined. You're tired. You know, we are tired. So it's, it's tough to be self-disciplined when you're tired and you're looking at the pizza. It's just tough. You know, um, I, I had a boss who used to say this. She used to say, Nelson, no business meetings after 11 p.m. And I'd say, really, why? She goes, Nelson, nothing good happens after midnight. And I was like, you know, you're right. You'll overeat. You'll overdrink. You know, you, all those negative things. Why? Because we're tired. So self-discipline goes out the window. She says, nothing good ever happens after midnight. So um, so that's kind of part of your environment. And then the other thing is, is... Um, is those little things help you to create a habit so that you can get to the point where we can we can do it? Hold on a second, Angela Young. I truly believe we can change our destiny. Go, Angela, um, with strong faith and hope by living in each moment instead of living in others' expectation. From Angela Jen, joining us from South Africa, Sasha Church Bakarian. Environment is the key. Self discipline starts with routine. Key thing before everything. <clears throat> Thank you, Sasha. So, so that, that just kind of to wrap that whole thing, the environment is so, so important. And that environment also includes the people that I hang out with, you know, the people that we hang out with that, you know, and sometimes again, back to that example, if I lose weight, I got a different group of people. I got to find people who are going to support that. So that's it. And those people are part of my environment big time. You know, let me just let me just wrap this up. I can't choose my family, right? I can't choose my cousins or anything like that, um, or my brother. Although I adopt brothers and sisters, I do that. But we can choose our circle of 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 people that are in our environment. We can choose them, and if we're lucky, they'll invite okay. us to a higher circle. Fortunate, rather. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, just picking up from what from what Sasha just said now regards regards routine self discipline starts with routine. See, um, Hala, I know you're big at you know fitness. You and um, you and Simon. So how do you guys like say no and keep yourself on the straight and arrow? Just like start doing the routine every day. How do you guys do that? Well. By having a great environment, I mean, you can't start a challenge or something by just like trying to self-discipline yourself uh, on your own. I mean, when I start my fitness journey, I wasn't looking to lose weight or, or anything. I was looking to, to have a new environment and to have like a new motivation for me. And I started fitness. I started to do working out with groups, actually. And I really loved it. And I ended up by, by being healthier and gaining muscle and I was really loving myself but I wasn't really thinking about I have to lose weight and and the thinking I really changed my thinking and I ended up by by eating less carbs and I eat more healthy because of fitness so so my idea about having a good environment and then having a great shaped body and then eating eating uh, eating healthy it's just like uh, 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 big steps but I take it as a small steps and it also it takes time it takes time to have all these changes and I'm just like yeah I need to lose uh, weight in in in, in two weeks it, it won't it won't work 
You need to love, love the challenge that you have and love the routine and grab the people around you to, to self-discipline yourself. And that's why I started to do sometimes in, on Instagram um, 25 challenge for a day. And it really does change, change me and really does like really, really help me to self-discipline myself. And I was very happy also to help others. So. And, and you know, one second, we have okay. a comment coming in. Thank you, Carl. Victor, I'm just reading out. From Angela Young, our environment is a reflection of ourselves from within. The oneness of self and environment. From Angela Young, Young our environment is a reflection of ourselves from within. The oneness of self and environment. Okay, cool. I like that. Yeah, Simon, I'm, I'm still going to come to you regards your, did you, did you start, see, not everyone is um, in all areas of their life. When it comes to fitness, do you, is, is, are, are you able to take your, I know you go jogging every morning, so are you able to take your jogging, this jogging to like maybe on, on other parts of your business or other parts of your life and relationship, the way you're focused on fitness like using Nelson's word gaining fitness you use that same style to gain um to gain on your relationships as well or other part of your your lifestyle you're muted simon you you're always going to have tools that you can use for different activities so like the ability to get up and go for a jog in the morning or four in the morning or whenever. But for me, it's not just, I don't see it as an, because I've been jogging from probably eight years old. Yeah. Um, used to jog with my father. We'd go jogging and obviously he was jogging with his friend. I was just trying to keep up. But it's also jogging as a mental release. So if something's on your mind or whatever, or you just want to clear your mind a bit like a Buddhist would go and sit under a tree. Um, you you can just think of nothing can just jog, uh, jog um, anytime. So I would say there are yeah there are aspects of having that determination and fitness and bringing it across the other side of things. But then I think there's other things that I've learned where I actually bring over to fitness. If you see what I mean. Um, a lot of it for me stems from military and self-discipline. Is like life is very black and white. You're either going to exercise or you're not. Don't bother to talk about it. You don't have to tell people about it. You just do what you're doing. And um, if you know me, I'm a big fan of black and white life. It doesn't have to be grey. If you're fat because you ate too many donuts and you haven't exercised, um, if you're not and you're in shape, it's because you're doing what you should be doing or your job is about, is a physical job. Um, like when I was in East Africa, I see people in shape. I've seen some people in shape so much, they've got muscles on their body that I didn't even know was in the human body. They're just really in shape. <laughs> it's like that. The way you look at them, they're from a farming background or they're fishermen and things like that, where you've just looked and said, this guy is like three or 4% body fat and he's not starving himself. He's just living his life normally, you know? But it's a whole different lifestyle. But overall, I, just, I don't really look at it as anything spectacular about fitness. I just see it as a norm. Just like some people go to their religious establishment every Friday or Saturday or Sunday. They give their offerings, their 10%. Which, if you ask me to give ten percent, that's going to be a battle because it's not going to happen <laughs> in that respect. <laughs> yes. What I was trying to see, yeah, what I was trying to, what I was trying, maybe Matilda can um, just throw more light on this in relation relationship angle, the Toshi Philly side. See, what I was trying to like establish is, um, I don't know who said this, but I'm not a hundred percent in support of this. That the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. You get if you're this. Discipline on one level, say fitness. Are you disciplined? Are you using that same style? Are you using that same level of discipline on a relationship? Do you self sabotage? You sabotage a relationship, or you 
the way you do one thing is the way you do every other thing. Huh, Matilda? Um, I think, yeah. Again, we need to really look at it in a in a very deep layers of it. I can I can give you an example of how women self sabotage themselves in a relationship, and I would say one for men as well. Uh, for women, I've seen among my friends, for example, we always go, they always go for the wrong men. First, they don't know exactly what they want. Second of all, when, for example, they want children, they are with a guy and that the guy is saying, I don't want a child. So why is that, that you're, with, you're trying to build a relationship with a guy that he doesn't want a child? Obviously, it's not going to work out at the end. But you are afraid of lot of things one of it may be failure um judgment so you're putting yourself in a situation knowingly that you're going to fail in men for example they they put one foot in a relationship and one foot outside of relationship they are in the kind of a limbo situation why they do that because they don't want to put themselves 100% when you are in something 100% and when you get rejected it's more painful than you say oh you know what i wasn't so into it in her as well so it's okay that she rejected me so we have to understand why we sabotage ourselves the need is deeper than just um, what we're talking about uh, there is a um, there is a reason that we don't feel for example in the wo woman's situation maybe she doesn't feel she's lovable so that's why she's in a, with a guy that will not end up working out between them so she can prove herself that she's not lovable and that's why it's not working out. So it's interesting to understand the reason subconsciously we self-sabotage ourselves. Actually, for example, another reason, another example I can give, a uh, lot of writers have this problem. They don't sit down and write the book that they want to write. They're procrastinated. Why? Because they're afraid of rejection. And for the fact that, oh, I didn't end up writing the book, so that's why I didn't get published, or, I put 100%, no, my 120%, and I still didn't get published, is much more painful. So we have to understand why we do things. Why is the root of the um, reasons we are putting our work that it's necessary on hold? Okay. 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 I really, really let like me, that. Yeah, now. One second. Let me. Yeah, go ahead, Nelson. Let me read out the comment here from Sasha Serge Bakarian. Clearly, the discipline is the real key before everything. It is a long run, and self-suggestion alone is not enough for a long-term result. Again, from Sasha Serge Bakarian, clearly, the discipline is the real key before everything. It is a long run, and self-suggestion alone is not enough for the long-term res long result. Back to you, Victor and Matilda. Okay, okay great. Yeah, so for the past for the past uh, few well, well, minutes hold, now we've hold, been... hold, hold on a second, Victor. We just got another comment in, excuse me. Just got another comment in, hot off the presses from Salo Dimsey. Hello everyone. As much as I want to contribute, you guys are saying it all. Well, thank you very much. I support you completely. Awareness of your environment is the key point. You need to self-check yourself from time to time in order to be aware of what you're sitting around. It is helping your current is it helping your current situation? Is it the help? Is it is it to help to help get you to where you want to be, and it and it should always be positive. There's limits for you to avoid self sabotage. From Salo Dimsey, thank you, Salo. Victor, back to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Salo. Yeah. So we've been we've been hammering. We've been talking um, vastly about um, self sabotaging and the whole nine yards regarding self sabotaging. But now we're rounding up. And I want to ask each and every one of you because you'll be answering this. So how we've mentioned why we've mentioned different parts. So how are we stopping our identified self-sabotaging? How are we stopping it? Are you just, did you cancel your Netflix subscription? Or how, how? Did you give up the pizza? Uh, I would, how? I would say this. Yeah. So, let's well, not, so, 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 so let's start. Let's uh, Simon, uh, Simon just a second. No, okay, go first. No worries. You sure? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say you is cancel that I was mentoring someone the other day, and I just said, "Have you got a schedule? And have you got a calendar?" 
and I posted on the group to you guys about calendar. Um, what does your calendar look like and what is your schedule? Your schedule is your guidance, your calendar is actually what you're doing. And if your calendar is not empty or it's got loads of spaces, then you have to look at yourself and say, what am I really doing? And if your schedule doesn't even state the primary things of what you're meant to do in the morning, exercise, meditate, eat something healthy, whatever, then you've got to have serious words with yourself. So I say that is your measure of whether you're actually improving or you're just floating along and coming up with excuses along the by and by. This is accountability. So, Self-accountability. Okay. Okay. For just for, for just for, for, for just a minute, I'll come to Hala now. Hala, how do you stop your self-sabotaging behaviors? How how are you well, stopping them? Um, I think we I, I accept the failure. Sometimes, you know, we all have failures, and I understand that uh, many people who tested failure, they 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 also have uh, the most success. So um, I'm, I'm okay with uh, with now with having like um, bad days, and uh, and um, accepting the failure is, is a part of life. So so that how I start to self sabotage and try to stop this negative affirmations. Uh, and also, if, if I'm in a situation and I need to take a decision, I will take the decision even if I'm scared. I'm trying to be courageous enough to, to, to take a decision. And uh, yeah, and that's how I could could try to avoid yeah. the self-sabotage thing. Yeah, and there's this book, there's this book that supports that the five the five second rule. What? The five second rule by Mel uh, Mel Robbins, I think. Yeah, the five second rule. So yeah, you should. Yeah, so uh, Matilda, I saw you like nodding your head there. How are you? How are you stopping um, self sabotaging? By counting five, four, three, two, one, go. <laughs> That's the book uh, message actually, which is very interesting. Uh, and she's very interesting. But I think what I would, I mean, I try to do is um, I want to take time to self reflect and I want to identify the root of the causes and um, understand the self-sabotaging habits so I can eliminate them or uh, as much as possible. But the root is very important because if you don't heal the root, it will come, it will show up another way in your life. It maybe doesn't come as a procrastination, but it will come in a, some other ways. Okay, great, great, great. So Nelson, how do you how do you how are you stopping your identified self-sabotaging? Yeah, I, I think it's important what Matilda said uh, about identifying, but but for me, I don't put too much weight on that because then it's easy for me to start to go into dwell mode. I'm dwelling about it. Oh, this happened and this happened. Um, so it's it's good to kind of know that it's okay that happened, but then that's all the power I give it. Um, what I do is just like I talked about before, I reframe the language. I don't say I want to lose weight. I want to gain fitness, right? We want to gain something. Um, nobody wants to lose money. Nobody wants to lose time. So losing is just kind of goes against being a human being. Um, I look to put the things in my favor, allies, right? Allies, we want allies. So for me, the first ally is my environment, right? I, I got to put the environment. Then I look to create a circle of people, a community, that's going to support it and preferably that they're going to be so much better than me. I really got to bring an A game. I got to create a new Nelson. So, um, and, and once I do that, then I can create a better habits. Um, because then, because they, they can help me see things that I can't see. And, um, because that imposter syndrome is, is powerful, uh, for me to, to stop the self-sabotage. So I look to create an environment, whether it's people, habit, Simon, my accountability partner, calls me at 5 a.m. in the morning, things like that, um, that pulls me forward. So that all, all of that, that pulls me forward. And the internal language is, is big. Not positive, just, hey, look, I want to gain fitness. Gain fitness makes you okay. not want to eat. Well, you'll eat better. You might may not eat as much. You'll exercise. You'll do good things. You'll go to sleep on time. Hey, I'm gaining fitness. Uh, 
losing weight is like, wait a minute, yeah, I'm yes. making good money now. I want to eat in a nice restaurant, but I still can't eat. I got to lose fitness. What's up with that? Okay. Thank you, Victor. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So we come to Carla now. So Carla, how are you, how are you stopping this identified, your self-identified um, self-sabotaging? And one second, as you think about that answer from Ida, Caribbean. I always wonder how my Arabic is. I look at Kaola's face to see if she's laughing a lot. I know my Arabic ain't too good. Well said, Matilda. And Salo Dimsey, I go with Nelson. Great. Yeah, um, for me, Victor, I'm all about the internal environment. I think if inside isn't right, nothing outside is going to go right. And if it does, it's only going to go right for a time. So for me, I'm really doing a lot of inner work. And I tell you one thing that I found is working really well as a strategy lately. When I don't want to do the work, I do nothing, literally nothing. No Netflix, no reading, no going out, nothing. I just sit there on a chair, call it meditation if you want. But I've started doing that lately and it really helps. It helps with two things. It helps to filter out what you're doing as a distraction. Um, so if you can't, if, if you don't work, okay, don't watch Netflix then because you can't distract yourself. That, and that's the conversation I have with myself. But what it also does is it gives me some quiet time to really sit there and reflect on what's going on. And the more I do that, the more I'm starting to decide what I really want to do in my life and what I don't want to do. Um, because if there's something that I've had on my to-do list for a long time and I find it's not getting done, I'm starting to realize that it's not from me, it's from somewhere else. Somebody else has programmed into my head that that needs to be done. Um, and when that's happening, that's a big problem in your life. So the only way you can get to know when it's you and when it's someone else is by taking that time to reflect inside on the inner environment. And that's what I'm really working on at the moment, the internal. And also, I don't know if it's age or experience or my work with children, but I'm doing a lot of reflection on the inner child and where the sources of things have come from. And on that, two things that really helped me that I would like to share with the audience and also with you guys is two books that I recommend, even if you're not um, affected by these issues directly. Um, there's the best book that I've ever read on attention deficit disorder, and it's called Scattered Minds, and it's by Gabor Mate. Absolutely fantastic book. And it's all about how childhood trauma leads to attention deficit disorder as this escape mechanism. And another one, which is really about addictions and the causes of addictions. And it's called, it's by the same author and it's called In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. And why I'm mentioning about attention deficit and addictions is because they're two of the biggest causes of self-sabotage and they are hidden. They're not as obvious as you think. You don't need to be a drug addict to be an addict. Um, we, we have many, many addictions and television. We, I know we've mentioned Netflix. Um, Nelson's gesturing about his phone, um, but there are many more. It's not just about Netflix and TV and your phone and what you drink or what you eat, but there are other addictions as well, like toxic relationships can be an addiction because they get you in a victim mindset. Um, and despite the fact that you would say that you don't like to be in a toxic relationship, if you're addicted to it and you don't know you're addicted to it, you're going to find yourself in it. And these are two things that are very, they've been part of my work, part of my personal life and experience and areas that I'm really interested in reading and researching because they have a significant impact in my life. So for me, it's, it's that kind of stuff that I'm doing to stop self-sabotage, a lot of inner work. Great, great, great. So, so guys, um, Salo, thank you, Ruth. Thank you guys for just for engaging with us. And um, if you're watching this with us, if you're watching live or if you're watching this on a later date, I will tell you now that we are by no means psychotherapists or um, we, we see we're just regular people who wants to achieve great stuff. And we've been seeing this um, self-sabotage show up every day in our lives. So that is why we have to discuss this today. So this is a full disclaimer here. And also for me, I just... Um, I think accountability is my own key. Accountability and um, trying to get my diary, like um, Simon said, that is for me. That's how I'm using to like check myself because I know I love TV as well. That's one of my addictions. Yeah. So, and um, if you guys that are watching, you feel stuck or you should get a professional help, 
get got regards relationship, get a professional help. If you're feeling stuck about your self-sabotaging and um you want to increase your value, get a professional help. So um thank you guys for joining us. So we're running up now. So Simon, um just tell us about yourself where we can find you online before you we run up. All the major platforms under at Africa Investor Stories or Taxi Chronicles. All my links will be there for emails and everything else. Thank you. Yeah, Hala, tell us about you, where they can find you. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, and all podcast platforms. And tune in for new episodes this week. Okay. Um, Carla, where can we find your work? You can find me on via my website. Um, onejoinwellbeing.com and you can also find my podcast on Apple Podcasts and all other good podcast platforms and you can also find some material, some episodes about some of the things we've talked about today especially things like attention deficit disorder and childhood trauma I talk about those things quite a lot in my work and on my podcast Great Mercy, where can we find your work? Okay, but before we get to that, I just want to read out this comment here from Podcasters Unleashed. The books that uh, Carla was talking about called In the Realm of Hungry Ghost and In the Realm of Hungry Ghost, that's one book, and Scattered are the books by Gaber Mate. Gaber Mate. Okay. And uh, y'all can find me here in sunny South Florida, chilling by the beach. Okay. But in all seriously, <laughs> the... Um, <laughs> uh, so investing in America, you can find me in iTunes, Okay, and Spotify. And this month, the month of March, our YouTube channel will be on live. So uh, YouTube, you'll find uh, us on YouTube as well. And episodes will be in various languages as well. So there you go. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's, that's good. Matilda, where can we find your coffee? Um, and you can find me uh, <laughs> on every uh, iTunes platforms. Um, podcast platforms and uh, YouTube and Facebook. Okay, great. And I am being your host. You can find me with Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast on all major platforms, iTunes, um, YouTube, Spotify. You can find me there and also my website, diasporachiefs.com. So see you guys next week. Goodbye, guys. Take care.